0: Down Los Angeles. You are locked on Rams. Your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network. Network. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear, Motter of Rams podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We have got our man, Jake Ellenbogen. Jake, how you doing, bud?
1: Oh, I'm great, man. You know I'm chomping at the bit for this. I feel so bad that I missed last week. I appreciate the hell out of you, and I missed
0: you, man. So I'm glad we're doing this thing. I know, it feels good to be back. You take a break from recording. I think I only got one episode up last week and I felt bad to all the, all the listeners, but uh, we're back with some episodes this week and start turning it up a little bit. And you're right, man. It's right before I mean crunch time. We've been talking like crazy about all this draft stuff for god, what seems like months now and we're finally here. And now I'm going to pick your brain a little bit more of, you know, this is kind of like you've had all this time to write the essay and proofread it and and look it over. And now it's almost time to turn everything in. And it's funny, Les need even said today that his draft board is about 98 to 99% done. And that there's a little tinkering still to be had, uh, as they go over some things last minute, but he feels pretty good about it. But even he isn't ready to turn in his, uh, his draft sheet yet to, you know, enter this draft. So, uh, still a couple of days left, but right here in prime time, guys, don't forget to go give Jake a follow on Twitter at JK Bogan DTR as well as at Downtown Rams. Check the website downtownrams.com. They're putting up episodes left and right right now as they've talked to what did you guys talk to? How, how many prospects did you guys talk to this draft season so far?
1: Oh, uh, so we're finally done. We closed the book and it was it was amazing. Uh, but we're definitely we're we're almost dead at this point. So,
0: um 121 was the final count. That is awesome. I mean, I think I saw a tweet from you earlier, maybe a week ago, that said last year you did like 50 or so, and now you're at 121. Oh, man, not even. We
1: did like 19. And uh, what was really cool about last year was I was able to get Komoko Torre not only on the show, but he wanted to do a live show um, draft Eve. So, I mean, that was just, that was special, you know, being able to do that and, you know, having those guys live, but um, which included. Uh, somebody that ended up getting drafted by the uh, getting picked up by the Rams, um, and that was the um Indiana linebacker. That last year, I don't know, I can't really recall last year. I think last year was more me focusing on scouting. To be honest, Brad, um, you know, I I don't feel like I went above and beyond with the interviews like I wanted to because I kind of I went to the you know Senior Bowl. I got my interviews there. And then I was kind of like, wow, I feel really good about this. I got some guys like Ido Smith later on in the process, but it, it wasn't a big turnout. And I was off to a great start, but I just didn't really follow up on it. I got more, much more scouting done. And so at this point, I wasn't really cramming. I was just kind of done. So now <laughs> you, you fit everything all into one. And I don't know where I would be without Alexis, because I mean, if she wasn't helping me with the interviews, if she wasn't helping book, and I'll say this, I'll give her probably, she did 65% of the interview booking, maybe even more. She was outstanding. Um, without her, I, I don't know if this would have been possible because I'm still scrambling. You talk about less need, you know, not, you know, he's tinkering around. That's kind of me right now. And it took me a long time. And actually, last year, I did probably eight or nine Rams mocks. And this year I did about four or five. So, um, you know, crazy stuff because I, uh, you know, I, I did not expect to, to have this many interviews and Alexis just kind of was like, we, we got it. We got to do this. And, you know, shout out to her because, I mean, you know, I don't think this number would be anywhere near as big without her.
0: Well, you killed it. 121. That is crazy coming up from 19 the previous year. I uh, can only imagine how many you're going to crank out. Uh, next year, especially as the network grows and you got more people uh, scheduling and doing a bunch of interviews. So they're all great. If you guys didn't get a chance, go back and listen to any of the players you want to hear. Cause like you said, 121, you got a bunch of them out there. And I'd actually like to see like when this draft is complete, I almost want to see like a graphic of all the guys you interviewed and what teams they ended up on. That could be a pretty cool graphic to see how the guys that you talked to, how they ended up getting dispersed around the NFL. And hopefully, uh, a couple of those guys we really like as far as that number 31 or even, you know, if there's a trade back or even a trade forward um, and potentially getting some of the guys you talk to. So maybe someone lands on the Rams. That'd be a pretty cool connection uh, to have as well. Uh, but, you know, Les need again, as he had a press conference today and, and he was asked about that whole number 31 pick. And he said, you know, they've discussed all scenarios, you know, whether that's trade back or stay there. Uh, and he kind of went on to say that, First and foremost, he has to be prepared to pick at number 31. Uh, So what I thought that we'd do today is I know you've kind of like you talked about compiling that mock. Is just go through your mock draft of what you've recently your last kind of submitted mock. And we'll kind of walk through the seven rounds throughout this show and just kind of talk about how you picked, what you picked and where. Uh, So I guess with that, you know, we'll go straight to pick number 31. Uh, What do you have the Rams doing? Yeah. So and I actually have a
1: um, I have an idea, you know, because I just pulled up um, my way too early mock draft that I did right after last draft. And uh, I'd like to share that after I share the actual mock draft. I have that I'm I like finalizing. It. I'm finalizing it on your show before I even publish it in an article. I decided to do that. I think that's the best way to do it. You guys are hearing it for the first time. And then I'm publishing it. I'll, I'll give you all the, the reasoning um, afterwards. But so, you know, we, we talk about do you stay at 31? Do you trade down? Do you trade up? I don't think you trade up. So you narrow it down to two choices you either trade down or you, you know, pick at 31. You know, if I'm, can I just say this? I, if the Rams stay at 31, I'm picking Jakai Polite. Mm. That's what I'm picking yeah. from uh from Florida, the edge rusher that I know. Um, you know, I did a mock draft for Blitzalytics. Shout out to them; they did like a whole video project, and uh, and I actually picked Ja'kai Pallade as the GM of the Rams in it. And um, you know, I just think you're getting somebody that would be just another level of what they have. Um, you know, maybe you could make the argument Dante Fowler is going to hit his ceiling someday, but um, you know, I I'm not. Really confident, Samson Ibukam as an edge guy. I think you, you know. I've it's well documented on this podcast that I believe you know he is in fact an inside backer. So you know you, you talk about that. Um, you know Clay Matthews getting older. You know, so I, I definitely could see that um, because he's only going to be there for two years. I mean, they're I don't see them re-signing him after his contract is up. Dante Fowler's not even a given because. While he's young, he signed a one-year deal, which right, really, I I think I mentioned it on the show as being kind of how I thought anyway was kind of like an old-school franchise tag, Uh, because you know they they get the deal done for fourteen million, so it's like back in twenty twelve that would have been like the value for an edge guy, I believe. Um, now it's like nineteen, so they're like, uh, ain't no way I'm doing that. Um, but you know, it's not guaranteed he comes back after this year. You know, Trayvon Young with multiple injury concerns. Um, That's, you know, he's very talented, but at Louisville, he couldn't stay healthy. Um, And then Okoronko with the foot injury, you know, didn't really get an opportunity to play. And I'm really excited to see him. So um, why am I, you know, talking about these guys like them and why would I pick Ja'Kai Polite? I think this guy has 15 sack uh, a year. Uh, type of talent. Um, you know, he can win with a spin move. He can win with a rip. Um, he can win with his speed. You know, this is somebody that you know he may have run a four eight or whatever. But I don't really care about a forty yard time uh, when it comes to an edge guy. I want to see the ten yard split. This guy is so fast in pads, plays so hard, and um, I'm a huge fan of his game. So if the Rams stay at thirty one, I'm picking Jakai Pulley. But the reason. I decided to trade down this mock is because the Seattle Seahawks recently got rid of Frank Clark in a trade uh, to Kansas city and they got Kansas city's pick. This helps and hurts the Rams in more ways than one. So first off, I'm looking at it, Brad is, um, you know, you, you look at, you know, Seattle already had a pick. They're probably, you know, looking at a DB, um, I think that they might go Justin Lane. I know it seems really early, but Justin Lane fits the mold of a six foot three cornerback, four four speed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's everything that, you know, Schneider's looking for, you know, in a DB. So, you know, you have that. And then Seattle trades an edge guy, you know, a a stud edge guy. So now they need to replace him. So I think they're taking Jakai because, you know, where is the risk now that you have two first round picks? You know, people talk about you know him and his red flags, but I don't mind it at all. I think it's a little overblown, and um, you know, I I think Seattle will end up picking him in that spot, so that's why I don't have the Rams staying at thirty one. Otherwise, I'd be down for it. So I have the Rams trading, and I have them trading with the Indianapolis Colts uh, for one. Yes, Ballard likes to trade down. It's how he even got the 34th overall pick that they'll be trading to the Rams in this scenario, um, but he just likes trading in general. Chris Ballard is one of the best GMs in football, and he has turned the Colts around in no time at all, so you just imagine another draft under Chris Ballard. Um, with that being said, you know Chris Ballard and the Colts, they're going to probably look to trade down in the first round. And you know maybe just coop up some picks, but if a certain guy falls, you know somebody like Justin Simmons or somebody like that, or Jeff, sorry Jeffrey Simmons, right? I would not be shocked if he tries to trade back into the first round, get that fifth year option, a guy that basically is just about a redshirt this year. He'll be able to play, but like later on in the year, um, you you know the fifth year option then is dire in my opinion. So I think somebody like that falls and the Colts are, you know, right in there. Uh, Montez Sweat Falls, Colts are in there. Um, You know, maybe, you know, the best receiver available, whether it's Nikhil Harry, uh, you know, on their board, um, AJ uh, Brown, you know, somebody like that. Um, So I do, I I could see them trading down. And so that's why I chose them as the candidate. I know people were saying that I was all for the Bengals, and I do like that. But you know, this way the Rams don't trade down far and they get two picks out of it. So in this one, they get the 135th and the 240th overall. And just to kind of take you through how I did that, I'm not saying it's dead on accurate, but um, it's, you know, with the whole uh, drafttech.com, they have uh, a trade value chart. And I, I know I spoke with you about this already, but um, to you guys that don't know, the Rams' 31st overall pick is valued at a 600 uh, price. So 600 points for the Rams' 31st overall pick. So the Colts, there is at theirs is at uh, 560. So if you trade with the Rams, the Colts now have to give up enough to match that 600. So they have 40 left. So how do you get 40? You look in the fourth round, you go down, you see the Indianapolis Colts have a compensatory pick. You give them 135 to the Rams. That leaves about, you know, two left, and then you use one of the points. We won't go crazy here, but you use one of the points for a a seventh rounder, and that's how you end up with what I got. So you get a seventh, you get a fourth. I think it makes a lot of sense. It's not a far trade down. You're basically relinquishing the rights to a fifth-year option on a player that you draft, and that's really all it is. Later on in the draft, that's why the Patriots trade out every year because that fifth-year option is huge, especially if, say, a team falls in love with another quarterback that falls. Say for the, you know, I, I doubt it would happen, but, like, say Daniel Jones, for whatever reason, falls to the end of the first. I mean, he, he really isn't a first-rounder in my opinion, but I'd just be shocked the way I'm hearing about him. So if he fell to the end of the first, now you're going to have a bunch of teams that are calling, like, look, I got to get in on this. I got to get him... Um. You know, I definitely got to get in there top of the first or, you know, back end of the first and get that fifth year option because he's a quarterback and we want to make sure we have him for a long time. Boom. There you go. So that's how that becomes an attractive option.
0: So just to recap, I've got the Rams trading the 31st overall pick to the Colts for number 34 in the second, 135 Mm -hmm. in the fourth round and 240 in the seventh round. So three picks for one gets us back into the second round as we don't have a second round pick and really only moves us back, what, three picks there? Yeah. Um, And while we're doing that, we pick up a fourth and a seventh. And we talked about this off air a little bit, but uh, I feel like the third, fourth round is what's been almost less needs money rounds in the last few years where he can really wheel and deal, whether he puts together a couple fourths and tries to move up back in, to the third, or you know, compiles things, you know, however that chart reads off that we are talking about with the trade values, but it gives him flexibility. And if you want to get players there as well, uh, he can do that and find some of those hidden gems. A lot of the 121 guys that you talk to probably are right in there that you know he's got an opportunity to go and snag. So <laughs> I love that first round because I said it yesterday on the podcast that I'm hashtag trade back. You know, that's that's where I'm at right now. If there's a guy that you know they end up getting at 31, I think I'm going to be happy just because I. Would deep this draft is Uh, but I'm with you on trying to find a team like the Colts that want to come back up and sneak and grab somebody Uh, especially as you talked about maybe Jeffrey Simmons and you know with where he is with his injury you know getting that fifth year option to kind of stretch that out make it a little bit more sense if you're going to pick them you know if you're thinking the Colts and you're thinking hey I I wouldn't mind him at 34 let me jump on into 31 and take that and get that extra fifth year option that you get with first rounders uh, I think that's a pretty good pretty good uh sense there so i like that what we're gonna do is we're gonna step aside we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back and i guess that means uh we'll put you back on the clock in the second round just three picks later uh we'll pick up from there and we'll we'll keep this thing cruising along this is wednesday edition locked on rams with jake and bear we'll be right back after this All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Wednesday edition Lockdown Rams. We've got Jake Ellenbogen from downtown Rams. We are releasing the mock draft that he has done. He's kind of bringing us back and forth from the way, way, way too early mock draft and also the draft that he's kind of now submitting and ready to run with at this point. So uh, with that trade, it puts you right back on the clock only three picks later. So a lot of guys still on the board that uh, were there just uh, you know a few moments ago, I would assume. And second round number 34, what are you thinking? Yeah, so
1: I think you're going to like this uh, mock draft for sure. Um, I'm confident in it. If this is what happens, I mean, I'll, I'll feel great. Second round, we go with Blake Cashman, linebacker from Minnesota. He's my number one uh, linebacker in the, the entire draft. Um, ahead of Devin Bush, ahead of Devin White. So uh, people are going to ask that, and yes, he is ahead of them. Um, I think when you talk about somebody to go sideline to sideline like that, somebody that has that defensive back, um, you know, the the former experience there. I know people will think Alec Ogletree and get a little worried because I actually liked Ogletree. A lot of people didn't. I get that. But Blake Cashman is a total baller. Somebody that's a surefire tackler. He's always going to stick his nose where it doesn't belong. That's a good thing for a linebacker Um, that does that. But, you know, his ability to kind of just, he moves all around the field at will. He's a, just a great mover. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, he he really just is so fluid. He just looks the part of a, a grinding football player, and and to me, you know, he ran a four five um, at the combines. So he didn't run the four four, you know, whatever that uh, Bush and White ran. Um, so he got a little overlooked, but that was an amazing time. And he just had a great, you know, day at the combine it just looked so fluid in, in his movement and you could just see the movement skills, but you could also just see the confidence in him. And he believes he's right up there with the best. Um, you know, this is definitely somebody that makes a lot of sense because you have Corey Littleton, who I'm a huge fan of, but he's not a super athlete like Blake Cashman. So now you add Blake Cashman to that defense. You talk about Micah Kaiser last year. Kaiser moves more into, you know, maybe a third down linebacker role or just, you know, situational linebacker, whereas Cashman would start day one. You know, he brings that sideline to sideline ability, that athleticism, the ability to, you know, in his backpedal, being a former defensive back, he can jam, uh, you know, receivers at the line of scrimmage. He can cover anybody, really. I mean, he's fast enough. He's quick enough and uh, just so instinctive as a football player and, and very um, heavy on the the football IQ. Yeah,
0: I love this pick because we talked about it, you know, not too long ago and kind of comparing. I mean, obviously, uh, we know I'm a big Michigan guy and, you know, we talked about, you know, Devin Bush and where he's projected to go and some of the hype that he's gotten coming out of um, you know, all these combines and everything like that. But, you know, going side by side in the Big Ten next to Blake Cashman. I mean, they just if you did, if you took away the names on the top and you saw stats, uh, you know, Blake blows them away. I mean, you, the big name, once you put the names up there, you're like, oh, really? And the big time games in, in the Big Ten, uh, Blake seemed to just have great big games. And, and tackle-wise, I think he out-tackled them. I think it was a, the one that I did maybe two weeks ago when we talked about it. it took about eight games. But he blew them out by like 40, 40 tackles, about 10 tackles for loss. So I love what you're talking about here as far as that sideline-to-sideline side tackle monster Very uh, consistent in what he does and kind of an instant starter if you're looking at that outside linebacker. So uh, fills a lot of needs. And also, uh, you know, with speed can hopefully come off that edge if we're, you know, if Wade decides to use him in any blitz packages. Uh, So I like that pick at 34. And, you know, that's a guy that even you almost feel good at 31 getting. But now instead you've moved back three spots, picked that up and also picked up a fourth and a seventh. So again, another reason why I love trading back, if you can find the right partner in that second round uh, to make really, it makes sense to get the guy you still want, uh, but also pick up stuff uh, really tends to work out in, in the Rams favor. And I hope that's something less than you can kind of take in. So uh, we'll keep it moving along. We'll go to the uh, third round number 94. And if I skip over any picks, let me know. I've got I've got this written down, but it's all over with some trades now. So third round, number ninety-four. Uh, who you got?
1: Yeah, so um and just to add to that, uh, you know, I interviewed Cashman. He's just an incredible guy. I think you've probably heard the interview. Yeah. And, um he you know, he met with the Rams at the combine. So all these guys that I bring up have something you know, some connection to the Rams, but this next guy has a big connection to the Rams. And it's Colin Saunders uh, from Western Illinois a defensive lineman. If you've never seen any defensive lineman do a backflip before. Uh, well, I have, uh, it was Colin Saunders <laughs> at the senior bowl, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, it, he is just unreal. I, I want to bring this up because first off, you know, he came on our show twice. Uh, so I've had a chance to get to know him a little bit. And, um, you know he's had he has internal connections with the Rams. They know his uh, his coaching staff. Um, you know they they you know there's just mutual connections there, and they mentioned that during his visits. But that's the thing: before even mentioning his game, he's visited with the Rams at the Senior Bowl. He's met with them at the combine. He probably met with them at the Pro Day. I I didn't ask him because at the time Pro Day was not on my mind. It was the Senior Bowl, and it was right before the combine. But he also. Had a private visit with them. That's some serious interest there. That's some serious interest for a player that would fit really well um, in a rotation with Brockers, Donald, and Franklin Myers. Um, it gets better though. You know, this is this is somebody that is really just going to dominate. Um, you know, the question with these guys, small school. I think really the only question here is if he's actually going to fall here because he's awesome. But, right, um, small school guy, you know, from Western Illinois. And that's really what I'm banking on. He falls in the Rams' lap because everyone's like, oh, Western Illinois, I could just, you know, draft Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame or, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence because, you know, he played at Clemson. But, You know, I'm really big on Colin Saunders for one, because unlike, you know, Dexter Lawrence and guys like that that played with other really talented guys next to them, you talk about Dexter Lawrence playing next to Austin Bryant, uh, Xavier Thomas, and that's not even including the two guys that are going to go in the first round, Clellan Farrell, and of course, um, you know, Christian Wilkins. So, you know, it was really just Colin Saunders versus the world, and that's what it looks like you know, on tape. Um, he just stands out immediately. He's throwing guys left and right. Um, he sacked Will Greer to start the senior bowl, broke through like a madman. Um, he's got everything to him, really. I mean, he may not be the fastest guy in the world, but he's so quick. His get-off is unreal. Look, the league is moving in a different direction with interior line. Now you want guys that are more so... Um, going to crash right you know crash the boards is what i like to call it you want to you know break up that um that pocket and that's really aaron donald kind of started this movement to like another level um but i think colin saunders is kind of just going to add to that um saunders here uh you know interesting thing about him he's a former running back so think about that so he Yeah, he's an interior defensive lineman that sees things from both sides because he was a running back and he was good at it, too. And he used to, you know, he knows blocking schemes from a running back's perspective and he knows it from a defensive line perspective. And he believes, you know, we spoke with him on the podcast. He absolutely believes in his ability because he was a running back. He believes it gives him an edge as a defensive lineman of where, knowing what the running back's going to do, the anticipation of where he's going to go. So I think that's also a rare thing. Um, this is somebody that caught a touchdown pass. I mean, he is just, he's an athlete, man. You know, he didn't run some freakish 40. Um, he ran in the, the fives, but I, I don't really care. You know, he's very quick. Um, obviously, the dude can do a backflip. He's great at rushing the passers, always really good at getting his leverage, um, can win with power, uh, can win with quickness. So you're getting a guy immediately who can really start. I I think him and and John Franklin Myers would rotate, but you you really just can put him anywhere on that defensive line. And I'll be honest with you, man, at three, even at 300 pounds, doing a backflip and all that, the thing that crazy, like, you know, freaks me out the most, he had stand up edge rushing snaps and every single one was much watched you know it was right. like <laughs> it's just he's he's a freak you know and and he's an amazing guy so you get a, a you know a plus character
0: yeah it's it's crazy and you talk about you know a, a character guy and also hearing just watching his personality and in interviews and when you guys chat with him and even kind of uh watching him on twitter he's just a fun uh fun guy, really. And you talk about fitting into a locker room. You can see that gelling very easily as far as the easygoing type of character. And then he's just a football player. You I mean, you talked about being able to be a running back and now he's this big monster D line that's got some quickness in his feet. He's just a football player. And those type of guys that you want to plug in, uh, we need help and stuff in the run. He's a big body up front and not only just a big body, he can also get to the quarterback. And you talked about that knowing the running back's mindset, knowing where the blockers are going to go, things like that. A guy can do a backflip. I mean, he's athletic as hell. So I, I love this pick. I think you said it at the very beginning, the only thing that scares me about this pick is I just hope he's there at 94 because obviously we can't be the only ones that see this. Uh, but a lot of the mocks that I'm seeing is him kind of going in this, late late second round third round you know type of thing if someone's gonna go reach on him because they really like him so i'm just kind of hoping that he's still there because he seems like a perfect fit character wise personality wise and skill wise on this team so uh, i really do like that pick and and hope that works out uh how about we do a quick flashback to your uh pre early mock draft we'll do that really quick then we'll take a break where did you have uh, the rams at number 94 when you did the way 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 too early mock draft
1: Yeah, so uh the first pick was actually Montez Sweat, which is actually wow, can you imagine if I got that right? Right. (laughs) I have Montez Sweat in the first round. Um and then the the third uh the first third round pick was uh Khalil Hodge, who I look, I love Khalil. Um, you know, he was one of my first interviews this year, uh, in the process, and you know, I think he's he's a stud. Um the problem is he didn't test well, so he's probably gonna be a later round pick. And, uh, at the time I did this, he was around a third, fourth round, uh, grade. So, you know, I have a higher grade on him than the consensus. It, it would I be surprised if the Rams, you know, decided to make him the pick? I mean, absolutely I'm not. I would not be surprised, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't think he'll go that high. I don't think he really should go that high just cause, you know, he didn't test well. And, and that was a concern. Um, I think he, he might've put on too much weight and, uh, and he, because of it he wasn't able to play um to his strengths at the uh east west shrine game so um khalil hodge and then the 99th pick actually
0: let's what we're gonna do is we're gonna i'm gonna hold on to that 99 pick what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break uh we're gonna get back on the other side because i want to keep those picks together Your, are they're present and your past uh so we'll take a quick break we'll get a couple words from sponsors we'll be back wednesday edition jake and bear locked on rams right after this All right, Rams Nation, we are back third and final segment. I have got Jake Ellenbogen with us from downtown Rams. We are running through the mock draft as we are talking. Uh, this thing is going to be a two-day affair. I mean, we are now here sitting at the third pick uh, – or sorry, the third round, 99th pick. So we have get a couple days of breaking this down. So we're going to wrap up uh, probably third, maybe a little bit into the fourth round, and we'll pick this up tomorrow on Lockdown Rams Thursday – Uh, And continue the rest of this. But we've got Jake Ellenbogen. Make sure to go give him a follow at jkbogandtr. Uh, You can find all of our shows on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can check out all the Locked On podcasts on the new streaming app, Himalaya. Go check that out. Download it. It's now my new favorite streaming app. Uh, check out all the podcasts, so make sure to give that uh, a follow and a listen to as well. And Jake, uh, I cut you off in the last segment, but I'm going to let you start running again. We are now on third round, pick number 99.
1: Yeah, so with this one, it was, uh, it was a little difficult to do because there's so many guys at this point. And I think really I narrowed it down uh, once I picked Blake Cashman because I, I think you would agree with me. The Rams love linebackers in this class. They've met with so many of them, and I think really the hardest part was kind of finding that linebacker they'd pick. Since I already sold on I'm, – I'm absolutely sold on Cashman, for the record. Um, I mean, I think he might be my favorite player in the draft. I think he's right up there with Dalton Reisner um, and Colin Saunders. So, you know, I to me, once you get the linebacker off the board, then you're looking at, you, you know, now – corner safety and they met with a ton of safety so you know we'll, we'll definitely you know talk about that um but this one this pick i decided to go with nate davis from charlotte um he is a guard he actually played tackle in college um i really like nate davis i he's my second rated guard on my board and you know he might be a little too high for some I, i'm i get a little high on these guys um you know because i i look at things from a different perspective i like really diving into the small school guys um i don't think people give small school guys enough film watch most of the time and a lot of the time it's because it's a lot of it's not out there you know if if there's no cut-ups or anything some people won't watch things and really what you got to do is uh you know if there's not a cut-up on a player go like for instance offensive line say you want to watch Nate Davis, go find a Charlotte game. Or if you want to watch, um, you know, an offensive lineman on Clemson, just pull up, you know, cut-ups of, uh, you know, say Travis Etienne or, or like whoever right. um, on that. You got to read creative. I mean? So exactly. Like just because they didn't highlight the guy doesn't mean you can't see the guy, you know. It, that's the thing that, you know, people run into is like, oh, well, the, the cut-ups, I mean – yeah, no, cut-ups are amazing, right? But it's just common sense. Like, say, oh, there's there's no cut-ups out there. You know, you know, say this guy, uh, Bruce Anderson from North Dakota State. Well, there's cut-ups of Easton Stick from North Dakota State. Just watch Easton Stick's cut-ups and watch Bruce Anderson. You know <laughs> just I mean? shift so, your eyes, man. <laughs> shift like, your eyes. Yeah. No, but uh, Nate Davis is just a monster. I mean, he really... He really is, and and he can play tackle. I prefer him at guard. Um, his IQ, I think, is off the charts. He's a run mauler, so why would the Rams go this route? Well, for first off, uh, Roger Saffold is not coming back. Yep. Um, you know, He moved on to the Tennessee Titans, and so the Rams are now looking at Joseph Nopum, who I absolutely love, by the way, and, uh, and Austin Blythe and Jameel Demby and Brian Allen. You know, that's their interior uh, option right now. Those are their interior options. So how I see it is the Rams are going to draft a guard or or they're going to draft a tackle. But I, I think they're going to draft a guard early and they're going to draft one and kick uh, Austin Blythe in at center. That's where he started. So they're going to kick him at in at center and they're going to have, uh, you know, in this scenario, Nate Davis plays guard and so does no boom and now you have nate davis isn't like the best tackle but now you have a guy that can play tackle and no boom who is a tackle so you know eventually when this starts you know like say for instance um you know whitworth does end up retiring i mean he's gonna need a new contract if he wants to play for the rams but um he you know he ends up retiring and boom no boom goes right in at left tackle and There you go. Like, it's not an issue because now you have Brian Allen, who you probably are going to cross train at guard and center. You can move Blythe back and you have Nate Davis. And of course you have Rob Havenstein for the long run. So it's really a nice setup to do that. It's really, it, it, it decreases, uh, the damage it control. You know, I think that's really the best option. Um, Had Nate on the podcast really early on in the process, and he's just a a really good dude. And we're really excited um, to see him, obviously, at the next level. And I think he makes a lot of sense for the Rams. But I haven't even mentioned, the Rams had him in for a private visit. So they're definitely interested. He's a senior bowl guy, so check that box off. So was Colin Saunders. Talk about senior bowl guys. Les need, loves senior bowl guys. So Mm -hmm. keep those guys in your back pocket. Um, Nate Davis at 99.
0: So then moving on. So I, I, want to make a couple of notes there because I, I did like, I mean, how you kind of broke it down on how things can move around, because that's one of the things that, uh, you hear the Rams (laughs) talked a lot about in the off season is the flexibility of those O line. And if you watch behind the grind, they talk about it. in one of the first couple episodes is, you know, we want to cross train those guys. So if something happens, we can slide over and not have to freak out. Also, the depth there. We've been extremely fortunate with injuries over the past couple of years on the O-line, and you almost said, you know, with, you know, knock on wood, but you feel like that's going to run out at some point. Injuries happen in football, especially those big beef guys up front that are, you know, hitting each other constantly all game. (laughs) Uh, You're going to get an ankle tweaked, or, uh, you know, we saw Sullivan deal with a groin injury for a while that he kind of fought through, but injuries are going to happen. So to have some guys that you feel good with Uh, to bring in, whether that's at tackle or guard or even Blythe being able to play center as well. I mean, that helps so much uh, as far as a depth of an O-line. So the Rams really lean on that. And you talked about being a, you know, a run pounder and being able to get up the field and block. I mean, that's really important uh, to Todd Gurley as well in in the play-action game and Jared Goff. So all this kind of comes full circle and making sense as far as getting a guy like that that can play multiple positions uh, that can back some guys up. So, uh, I love that pick. And at 99, who did you have, uh, originally?
1: Yeah. So I actually ended up, um, it, it's funny. i I met, I ended up interviewing Hodge and then I decided I was going to add, uh, Tyree Jackson to the mix. Uh, cause at the time Rams said, Sean Mannion, Brian Allen and a Brandon Allen. Sorry. And they have Brandon Allen, Brian Allen. Um, so they had those guys, and they didn't have like a guy to develop, you know. So I felt like Tyree was perfect. You know, this is my fourth overall quarterback this year. Um, coming into the draft, uh, you know, the twenty nineteen draft right after the twenty eighteen, he was my QB one. Um, things you know went kind of south, obviously, because I mean he's a very Josh Allen, like quarterback, giant arm, super uh athletic, um, but you you obviously worry about his decision and uh, you know his overall accuracy. Um, you don't worry about his ability to throw off platform, but at the time he's my QB one. Why did I have him at you know in the third round? Well, I saw that everyone else was kind of talking about him as a third round pick. There's no way he'd go in the first round. It kind of is mind boggling to me because Josh Allen went the first round. I feel like there's so much of the same player. <laughs> so it's like, right. what am I missing? <laughs> like, you know, I don't see Josh Allen last year. I just don't see how, how far ahead he is of Tyree Jackson, especially in this quarterback class where, you know, I have Kyler Murray and Haskins, right? Then I have Brett Ripien, who is Mark Ripien's, uh nephew who played for the Rams. And then I have Tyree Jackson. And then I have, I believe, Willa Greer at five. So, you know, really how I look at it, it's kinda of like, you know, it's like Josh Allen with you know, everyone talked about his crazy arm. I mean Tyree Jackson might have a better arm. What am I missing here? <laughs> you know, it's like he might I mean, if Daniel Jones can go in the first round and I, I've seen him in person being at the senior bowl, I don't see how Tyree can't go in the first round. So, I mean maybe there's gonna be some crazy draft thing, but it doesn't seem that way. So
0: Yeah, I actually I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I know we've obviously we've moved on at backup quarterback and we're we're pretty set there. But at the same time, it's a one year deal. So if you're still looking, if a guy falls at that position and you're going, man, you know we had him higher up on the board and he's still sitting here again right in our face and you know thinking about long term, uh, carrying three quarterbacks not something that we've done very often. But uh, to develop a guy to kind of look towards that future backup slash. Who knows what? I don't even want to open that door right now. Obviously, we just picked up Jared Goss' fifth year option. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I uh I don't hate that. And, you know, obviously I think there are a lot of people that would maybe go, ah, we don't need a quarterback or a quarterback that high. But, you know, if he's there, I, I've been a big fan of him as well. And I kind of agree with you on the comp there with Josh Josh Allen as far as size, uh what he can do outside of the pocket and also arm strength. So uh, it, it, a lot comes together, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hate you for that pick. I'll tell you right now. I think it, uh, <laughs> although things have shifted, but that's what I love. And I'm glad you kind of brought that up to go back and forth from what you have now and what you had at the very beginning, because it's just crazy to see what happens over those, you oh, know, yeah. couple of months over those few months and, and how the picks really do shift. So, or how the value kind of stayed the same. Yeah. You
1: know, you're you, right. When you talk about it, Montez, Brett, first rounder that, that wasn't changing, but the fact that, I had him going to the Rams at 32 last year. And of course, they, you know, they're picking 31, but I mean, that's kind of the same thing. So 32 last year, 31, um, he could potentially fall. And then, you know, obviously Khalil Hodge will go later on, but Tyree Jackson, that's probably where he's going to go. Third round and, you know, probably in the, 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 you know, the compensatory um, pick, you know, spot, because that's, that's when guys will, You know, teams will take that opportunity. You know, oh, well, I have multiple thirds and I love this guy. So, I mean, I, you know, what's really weird is I can actually kind of picture the Rams taking Tyree Jackson, but he would have to fall. And I mean, if he falls, it's kind of a no brainer. It's one of those things, Brad, where you have your, you you build your blueprint, right? And you're watching, you're like, you know, just because that guy wasn't on my, you know, plan. Doesn't mean I don't love this pick. You know, if it were to happen, I would be ecstatic because I, while Tyree graded out as my fourth quarterback, he's probably my favorite quarterback in this draft. He's my 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 favorite. Like I got to meet him, and you know, the Rams had interest in him. You know, he did say he spoke with him a couple times. So, um, you know, just he he's a big dude. I saw that picture of you guys together. I mean, oh my he's a, god, he's a big dude. But he's easy to root for. You know, you, you talk with him for just two minutes and you're like, all right, this guy's legit. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that, you know, way too early mock pick. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> that I even thought of doing this way too early because I did a 2018 and I don't remember anything I put on that.
0: <laughs> well, I like it. I like going back and forth. And, you know, that basically uh, kind of wraps up the third round for us. And what we're going to do, because we're about... 45 minutes or so into this episode. Uh, As we mentioned, kind of the start of this episode or start of this segment is that we're going to kind of break this into two episodes. So tomorrow we'll pick this back up. Uh, We'll jump into the fourth round. What we have left is we've got uh, fourth round number 133, followed by the pick that you picked up uh, in the trade in the first round, fourth round 135. We've got a fifth round 169. We've also got sixth round 203. And we've got two seventh rounds, uh, 251, which was ours. And then another one that you picked up, 240 in that trade. So we'll pick that up tomorrow. We'll finish the mock draft. We got Jake Ellen, Bogan, Bear Motter. Guys, make sure to go give us a follow. At Lockdown Rams, at LA underscore Rambling Bear. At Downtown Rams, at JK Bogan DTR. You can find us all over the place. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh we're excited about this draft and we'll keep talking about this tomorrow. Uh so with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. How you was where you could be found. Told them you were living
1: downtown. Driving all the old men quizzes.